Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was very fortunate to play 23 uh, incredible NFL seasons. So I think there's always a time to move on to other things and other opportunities. And uh, I think for all the NFL players out there that are preparing for the season, uh, I know how much of a grind it is. I know the level of commitment it is, and it's really a year-round process. So uh, if I was going to play football this year, I'd be working entirely different than the way I'm now. Right now, I'm catching up on some other priorities, which are much needed, and uh, I'm really looking forward to not getting hit anymore and transitioning to other areas of interest. So uh, I got some fun things on the horizon. The GOAT has spoken. Much more to come with that exclusive interview with Tom Brady and Jeremy Schapp later in the show as we get started here on NFL Live. But we're going to start with this guy right here, DeAndre Hopkins, who a week ago the Cardinals said they're going to release him. They actually announced it on Tuesday. As of right now, he remains unsigned. And pretty much every team has been mentioned as a possible suitor. We're going to take a listen to some of the sound from coaches around the league who have been asked about him, including his now former head coach, Jonathan Ginn. Yeah, it's just, you know, we, uh, all the factors that were in play, uh, we just felt that it was the best thing for the team to, um, you know, play with who we have. It's really no big deal to me. You know, we're operating on the premise that he was going to be here, and now we're not, so uh, we're moving on. Are you intrigued by the potential of uh, DeAndre Hopkins since he is available? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to comment on that, uh, that one, but I like our receiver room. You know, I think we got a good mix of, of different types of guys. As far as players that, that are not here, I mean, that's the, there's nothing – Good that comes out of those, you know, out of those answers, and you know, and, and definitely, I mean, Hop's a, a hell of a talent. You know, I had a chance to be around, you know, the, the first uh, his first Pro Bowl. So I've always had respect for him since his rookie year. Interesting sound to be sure. Here's Jeremy Fowler. We've also got our dynamic duo of Mina Kimes and Bill Barmer here to break it all down. And let's begin with you though, Jeremy, because you got a lot of coaches who are saying not exactly interested yeah. in DeAndre Hopkins services, at least right now. Who might be? Yeah, well, Field, I checked in with somebody close to Hopkins who said that he could take some free agency visits here pretty soon and that he's pretty much open for business to the entire league. He's not creating some sort of hard and fast short list here. Yeah. The teams I talked to believe that the Bills and Chiefs would be favorites here, but they got cap space issues, around $2 million each, so they might not have enough to spend. There's a player who wants a fair deal commensurate with his skill set. I'm hearing, you know, look, he's willing to be reasonable to get the right contract to the right team. He's willing to be patient here, though. I would consider minicamp a soft deadline, okay. training camp a harder deadline. About two weeks away from minicamps, call it about five weeks from training camp. Let's get Mina and Bill involved in the conversation. And Mina, if this were 2018, it's a different conversation surrounding DeAndre Hopkins, but it is now 2020. 23. Yeah. Like, how much does he really still offer a team as a potential wide receiver one? I still think he has a lot to offer. Even last season field, he only played about half of the season. And in those games, many of which, of course, were with uh, backup quarterbacks, uh, he still ranked in the top 20 in the NFL in yards per route run. Uh, he's not an elite separator, but he is an elite pass catcher. Incredible hands, feel for space and leverage, uh, human first down. 
So whether you're a team that wants to compete for the Super Bowl, a team with a lackluster wide receiver core, or a team with a young quarterback who could use a reliable pass catcher, I think any of those types of teams could use DeAndre Hopkins. The bigger question for me is, what does DeAndre Hopkins yes. want? And I think that's what's sort of unknown in all this. What matters to him? Of the types of teams I just mentioned, what does he prioritize? Does he want to compete for a Super Bowl? Does he want to play with an elite quarterback? Or does he want a lot of money, which would be a limiting factor for a bunch of the teams that are contenders? So I think until we have a better sense of that, it's going to be hard to project where Hopkins ends up. Absolutely. And I think the market was really set here by Odell Beckham earlier this offseason, where yeah. he got $15 million, yeah. uh, more than yeah. $13 million guaranteed from the Baltimore Ravens after missing all of the prior season with a torn ACL. So if you're DeAndre Hopkins and you played last year and you played well last year when you were on the football field, that's kind of your floor, right? Like you can't accept really anything below $15 million a year. But the problem is we are this late into the offseason. The reality is a lot of teams have already spent most of the money they had budgeted for this offseason. They have to go to their owner and say, hey, you know, we expected to spend this much. Do you have $12, $15 million more for us to add a player of DeAndre Hopkins' caliber? And the reality is not every single team in the NFL yeah. and not many of the teams competing for DeAndre Hopkins we're going to say yes to that question. And Bill, while we acknowledge that you can always manipulate the salary cap, let's take a look at some teams that yeah. do have money available right now underneath the cap. The Bears continue to lead the way as they have for basically the entirety of the offseason. You see the teams all the way down to the Bengals at $14.7 We also acknowledge, as Bill has referenced, that like it's not just a cap consideration, it's a cash consideration because even if you don't pay him that money on the cap this year, you are paying him that money in cash cold, hard cash out of an owner's pocket. Let's go to Dallas, where this offseason has been defined in many ways by change on offense. Kellen Moore, gone. Head coach Mike McCarthy is going to be the play caller. Zeke Elliott, also gone. Brandon Cooks, he has made his way across Texas from Houston to Dallas via trade. And Mina, as you look back on this offseason, oh, excuse me, before we hear from Mina, let's dive in and hear from Mike McCarthy. I'll say this. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, I've, I've obviously being on offense full time, I, I really, I really like the look of our group. Um, you know, the vertical speed. We've made some improvement there, so you can feel that from our guys. I, I think clearly, Brandon and, and, and Turp. I mean, if you, you know, you watch the way these guys jump out of their shoes. You know, CD is having a great off season, so you know, Michael Gallup can can, can run with anybody. All right, now we can talk to Mina after hearing from Mike McCarthy. So, Mina, as we reflect back on this offseason and everything that has been said and everything that has been done, yeah. what do you think is the best version of this Cowboys offense? That's such a great distinction you just made there, Field, what's been said and what's been done. Because I think when there's a switch and play caller, like there is in Dallas, um, we looked at Mike McCarthy's past. We looked to the things he said. He sounds like a coach who wants to run the football more. Uh, and there's been a lot of quotes to that effect. So that's what he has said. But what this team has done is built this roster in a way where they're optimized to throw more than mm. they did last year when they were one of the um, teams that ran the most on early downs in the NFL. I mean, consider this. They did not bring in reinforcements at running back after letting Ezekiel Elliott go outside of drafting uh, a scat back in the sixth round. They let their tight end, Dalton Schultz, walked. And while they did draft a second rounder, Luke Schoonmaker, a lot of people thought they would go earlier or spend money there, and they didn't. 
And as McCarthy mentioned, they traded for Brandon Cooks. I think the best version of this team has three wide receivers on the field. So while I understand Cowboys fans are like trying to parse out McCarthy's quotes and you know get a feel for what this offense is going to look like because of that and the run-pass balance, I think you really have to look at what they've done to get a sense of where they might go this season. And because this is a team that I think is built to spread the ball around. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at what they have at running back right now. They did franchise Tony Pollard and brought him back. But remember, last year the Cowboys coaching staff came out and publicly said, we don't want to play Tony Pollard for more than 30 snaps per game. They upped his running usage inside the tackles last year. He was very efficient doing it. But Ezekiel Elliott still bore most of the load inside the tackles a year ago. So you have to figure, unless Ronald Jones really impresses them in camp, unless they really believe in Deuce Vaughn, they still have another addition to make to this roster at running back to help rotate with Tony Pollard. And that player, of course, might be Ezekiel Elliott himself. It's so funny you mention that, especially now that June 1st has passed Bill. A lot of teams are sort of taking stock of where things are at with the salary cap, as we just showed you. There are plenty of teams with money to spend, including Dallas. We've got a bunch of money from a post-June 1st designation. Let's get to Jeremy because there are a bunch of running yeah. backs that are still available right now. And let's take a look at some of the top running back stories, beginning with Zeke, who, again, yeah. still a free agent. Yeah, Fields, I just checked on this, and I was told Dallas has not completely shut the door on a return for Zeke Elliott. They've <laughs> left it essentially open all offseason if he wants to come back. So that dialogue could be there. I'm told Zeke loved his time in Dallas, and so if he continues to wait and the right free agency job is not developed, maybe they circle back. The Bucks, once upon a time, I heard maybe a check in on this, but it never really went anywhere. I don't think teams are spending big money right now on that position. That appears to be the issue. Speaking of running backs, we've got Dalvin Cook here. Unique situation because I continue to hear from teams that they expect Dalvin Cook to be on a new uniform next year, be it trade or release. Yeah. Vikings are certainly open to a trade. They've been willing to hold on to his $14 million cap hit in the short term until something shakes out. Meanwhile, some teams are just waiting for him to be released. I'm told Cook loves Minnesota, but he is open to a new start elsewhere. And then Joe Mixon, this might be the most secure scenario out of the three we just discussed because my sense is, at least right now, that Mixon is a part of the Bengals' plans, at least in the short term. I know a couple months ago they were weighing their options with all the roster, including all the big money guys, that maybe something could have shook out here with a release, but it just never happened. They just wanted to add one piece to the running back room. They did so in the fifth round of running back Chase Brown. So right now they got the young guys with the established veteran. Yeah, if you look at the other investments made behind some of those running backs, like Alexander Madison, for example, in yeah. Minnesota, getting a real two-year deal to stay there, yep. feels like that Chase Brown, fifth-round pick is less of an investment that probably suggests Joe no Mixon doubt. is all good in Cincinnati. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. The champs are on the practice field. They're ready to kick off their back-to-back -back campaign. Do they do enough this offseason to repeat as champions? No one's done it in nearly 20 years. Plus, more from Jeremy Schaap's exclusive sit-down with Tom Brady here from the seven-time Super Bowl champion on how retirement's making him feel. Relieved. I won't have Aaron Donald trying to chase me down and knock me out. Uh, I won't have these guys that are would have gotten paid a lot of money to hit me and knock me on the ground. That's when I get my motion. That's when I get my motion. That's when I get my Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Couldn't be, be more ecstatic to be a Carolina Panther. I'm ready to get to work. It's just day one, but to be able to finally start day one and be able to attack and be able to start that process, um, it, it feels great for me. We got rookies in mini camps across the league. Let's start with the number one overall pick, who you just saw, Bryce Young in Carolina. Here's his head coach, Frank Reich, had to say about what's impressed him the most. We want our quarterbacks all need to be fearless, and and at the same time, it's always that healthy tension, right, of being fearless but being smart in the red zone. We think touchdown, checkdown. There's times as a quarterback when you got to take that chance. You got it's a tight window. Can I make that throw? Can, is, are we going to convert? And then there's time to check it down. You know, that's really the game at quarterback. And we're just starting out as an offense, so we got a long way to go. You know, it's, it's been good. You know, we still got work to do, but uh, they're, everybody's showing progress. Seemingly all positive sounds so yeah. far surrounding Bryce Young. What's the buzz been around him? Well, it's OTA, so it's always positive. The boys is yeah. the word you hear often when you talk to people that are there in Carolina that his decision making or when he walks on the field, he never looks rushed. Everything feels pretty smooth. His energy is always good. And I was told his intermediate to deep balls, whether on air or against the defense, have been pretty good. Like he's placing them in the right spots, you know, in between, right in the small space where you need to fit it in. So he's been good so far. And I heard an interesting story with Bryce Young pre-draft. They didn't give him a playbook because they didn't tell him he's going number one. So he dug into Frank Reich tendencies. He dug into the old traits, looked at some of what he did with his past offenses, just to make sure. Have we figured out why they didn't tell him he was going number one overall? We all knew for like two months before the draft actually began. Let's go from (laughs) Carolina down to Indianapolis and the fourth overall pick. That, of course, is Anthony Richardson. Shane Steichen addressed the media earlier today. He's been good. You know, I think with anything, you know, guys are going to make mistakes here and there, um, but you learn from them. You know what I mean? I think he's done a great job of learning from those mistakes and trying not to make those same mistakes twice. You know, I think that's the biggest thing with all players is don't make the same mistake twice, and it's our job as coaches uh, to coach them up uh, and get it right. But he's had a great mindset. Bill, how do you expect Anthony Richardson to be implemented in the Shane Steichen offense? Yeah, feel that I think he, you know, Shane brought up the key points there, which is don't make the same mistake twice and do the coaches job, coaches need to do the job of getting them in situations where they can succeed. And I think that's what's going to happen here. We're going to see the blueprint maybe from what Jalen Hurts did in Philadelphia with Shane Steichen. Get the quarterback involved in the quarterback run game. Use RPOs to define the field and give him quick, easy completions and get him out on the move and get him to use that athleticism growing on the edge. I can't wait to see him as a runner and a thrower, of course, as oh, well. Yeah. What an athlete he is. Let's go to Atlanta where head coach Arthur Smith addressed rookie running back B. John Robinson's impact on the offense. This courtesy the great Green Line, Green Line Pot, Green Light Podcast. Easy enough for me to say. With B. John hit me, he's a 
he's a different kind of running back. I mean, that's that's the thing. Similar to how, you know, we've used Cordell Patterson. But they don't just fit in that certain box. They can play so many different spots. And I feel the same thing about Bijan as we do with, with Cordell Patterson. They're very different players at Tyler Algier. And the thing about Bijan that stood out is, I, and I've used this analogy, he's a home run hitter. All right, Mina, we can't wait for Bijan Robinson, but you've recently rewatched a lot of Desmond Ritter film. What'd you find? Yeah, you know, Desmond's few starts last year, there was some ups and downs, but what I liked watching him, toughness in the pocket, scrambling ability, flashed that in college too, also in the NFL. I thought he looked good on the run. Willingness to throw over the middle of the field, frankly, Reminded me a little bit of Ryan Tannehill, which Ooh. I think explains, one, why Arthur Smith uh, likes Desmond Ritter and why he's the starter this year. It took some people by surprise. And also where this offense needs to go. Um, when Tannehill worked, had his best years with Arthur Smith in Tennessee, they had a dominant run game, much like they should in Atlanta with B. John Robinson and that crew. And Tannehill had a willingness and ability to take deep shots off of play action. So to me, that's what you want to see next from Desmond Ritter is when there's opportunities, and there will be because of this run game, to attack downfield, will he take them? Can he connect on them to make the offense more explosive so that it's not just about what they do, you know, on the ground and in the option game? Absolutely. And I think it's not just about, you know, sort of having these players, but also understanding what they do best. I mean, yes, the Falcons are going to use Bijan Robinson in the slot more than traditional running backs, but is that a thing they can use once a game, three times a game, seven or eight times a game? You know, with someone like Kyle Pitts, he can play. He can split out wide. He can play in the slot. You can move him around. But where is he going to be best used in this offense? How is Tyler Algier going to fit in? How is that split going to work with him and Bijan Robinson? There's plenty of possibilities and potential here, but I think for the Falcons, they have to figure out what's actually best for them to use and how frequently they want to kind of, you know, use those opportunities to use a player out of his traditional role. Maybe it's best to have Bijan in the backfield, Kyle Pitts in line, and Drake London working outside. I think there's going to be a lot of sort of experimentation during the preseason and into the regular season, and hopefully in the second half of the year, that's when the Falcons have everything together and they're clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, Bill, the completely not bitter dynasty fantasy football manager <laughs> who has Kyle Pitts, who might or might not be on this show right now, would love to see some of the things that you were just talking about right now, like specifically like <laughs> all of them being better this year. Can we score a touchdown on American soil? Is that too much to ask out of Kyle Pitts in 2023? Can't wait to see the Falcons, though, on offense. Feels like there is a big step forward coming. Coming up on NFL Live, the Chiefs lost some key pieces after hoisting the Lombardi Trophy last year. But someone here says they might not have added enough to go back. Go back. Find out who that is next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The Women's College World Series rolls on tonight with two win-or-go-home games. Stanford squares off against Alabama at 7 Eastern, then Utah takes on Oklahoma State. Both games are right here on ESPN plus the app. Here are the teams that had the best off-seasons. That according to Bill Bartlow himself. The Commanders lead the way, followed by the Dolphins, Cowboys, and Eagles. And he has the Packers, Bengals, and Chiefs as teams that made positive moves this off-season. The entire article is fantastic. Read it on ESPN.com. And who better to discuss it with than Bill himself? And Bill, let's start with Washington. Why do they have the best off-season in your mind? Well, you know, a lot of these were off-field decisions, but of course this is regarding Daniel Snyder yes. and the pending sale of the football team. It's just been a rough 24 years. Maybe you have a few bad years here or there. It didn't feel like it was getting any better in Washington. That had been an organization that was one of the league's finest in the 24 years before Snyder got there. More Super Bowl wins in the prior 24 years than playoff wins across Snyder's 24 years in charge of oh. Washington which by all accounts appears to be coming to an end possibly before the 2023 NFL season begins. That is one of the more crazier graphics I've ever seen. <laughs> Would you? I, yeah. Um, yeah. As far as the quarterback. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the Washington is uh, obviously, I think Bill's absolutely right. They're undeniably an offseason winner for reasons that have nothing to do with football. Um, but as far as the football goes, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting season for them. It's a little bit transitional with obviously them going with Sam Howell or potentially Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, which is, I think, something, frankly, nobody really saw coming. Obviously, Howell being a later round draft pick. I will say that the team around Howell is quite good. I loved the addition of Eric Bieniemy as offensive coordinator. I would put that as another reason why they had that great offseason. And I think he knows how to capitalize on Howell's skill set in terms of his rushing ability, um, his experience with RPOs uh, in college at UNC, something that Bieniemy did very well in Kansas City, and then his strong arm and willingness to attack downfield. So. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if this offense is more efficient than last year and maybe surpasses some people's expectations. Let's go from Washington to Miami. And Bill, talk us through the Dolphins, who check in at number two on your list. Yeah, I mean, I love the Dolphins adding Jalen Ramsey to what might be the best cornerback room in football now with saving Howard and Kadir Kohu. There's Jalen Ramsey, such a, a talented player, still only 28 years old. A guy who was celebrating a Super Bowl this time last year, seems to be on a Hall of Fame track, only acquired, required a third round pick and a backup tight end and Hunter Long to get him to Miami from Los Angeles. I know there were some teams reticent to commit to him on a long-term extension. Dolphins gave him two guaranteed years to get this deal done, but a player who can play in the slot, he can play outside. He's a good run defender. He can play as the star in Vic Fangio, the new defensive coordinator in Miami, in his defense, which is such a critical role for what the Dolphins need to do this, this season. David Howard's going to be on the outside. There's just so many playmakers in that secondary right now that I feel like they can be a team that competes not just with a great offense now, but also win games 
strictly with their defense. How about the health of Tua, Jeremy? Yeah, Field, I'm told he's completely healthy. There's really no concern there right now from a team standpoint. Tua has been practicing jujitsu to learn how to fall forward to protect his head if he's taking a hit. Well, I was told the Dolphins actually implemented some of those practices into their pre-practice routine huh. with all the quarterbacks to learn how to fall forward to protect that head. And cool story I heard about Tua today at practice. They were lagging a little bit, a little sloppy. So he stopped practice and drilled into his offensive guys a little bit, like, hey, let's get this going. I was told that that's a leadership quality that maybe two years ago, Tua doesn't do. Seeing him develop in that area as well. The Chiefs, number one in terms of power rankings, but number seven in terms of off-season rankings by Bill. So what jumped out to you about their off-season? Yeah, feel something we've never seen a Super Bowl winning team do before. They swap out both of their offensive tackles. Ever? They let Orlando Brown leave, let Andrew Wiley leave. You bring in Jawan Taylor from the Jaguars, who you figured was going to move to the left side, but instead they signed Donovan Smith from the Buccaneers. I think they actually upgraded at tackle by going out and adding two veteran players who are going to be immediate solid starters uh, on the outside of a very solid interior offensive line. And we know with Patrick Mahomes, all you have to do is give him time to throw. Remember that Super Bowl? That's the only time he's really looked bad in the postseason because there was nobody there to block for him. The Chiefs learned their lesson, had a good line last year, might have an even better line this year in front of the reigning MVP and reigning Super Bowl champion. The change of tackle is really fascinating, not just because, as Bill said, it's unprecedented, which I didn't know for a Super Bowl champion. That's pretty wild. But as you guys remember, when the Chiefs signed Jawan Taylor, there was an assumption that he would replace Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle. Then we learned, after they signed Donovan Smith from Tampa, that Taylor was going to play right tackle, which is great for the right side of the offensive line because I think he can be one of the best right tackles in football there. My question is whether Donovan Smith can get back playing at the level he was a few years ago because last season was rough. Mm. He was incredibly penalized, uh, had a lot of lapses in pass protection, and I think for Kansas City, um, you know, for him to play at least at the level of Brown, that would be the minimum. Now, I think that Donovan Smith is going to benefit from playing for Kansas City. Yes. He gets to play he goes from, in Tampa, playing next to, frankly, what was one of the worst interior offensive lines in football on account of all the injuries, to a group uh, with Joe Tooney on the left side, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, that I think most people, maybe behind the Eagles, would have as the best interior offensive line in football. So perhaps he'll hold a little bit less if he knows that he's not on an island. I also think the difference in these offenses will really help him um, in pass protection. The run game is very different from Tampa's, which is a very just straightforward power run game. It's more diverse. I think he might be on the move a bit more. Uh, and, you know, I think the scheme also, which is, of course, very dependent on RPOs, can help him too. Absolutely. And I think he's going to have more help on the other side as well, because the Chiefs are a team that uses a ton of two or more tight end sets. That was one of their big changes last year. Moving on from Tyreek Hill, one of the ways they adapted went from using two or more tight ends 29% of the time to more than 44% of the time. And it worked out just fine for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, who was second in the NFL in QBR behind Jalen Hurts, who was awesome as well, when they came to with two or more tight end sets. So, of course, having Travis Kelsey as one of those tight ends, kind of a cheat code to be fair, 
that even though the names aren't necessarily big, just having those bodies on the field forces the defense to make some choices about how they're going to defend it, creates mismatches in the passing game, and gives those tackles a little more help as you're blocking for a player in Patrick Mahomes who he likes to extend plays a few seconds here yeah. or there if he can. But doesn't it feel like this could be one of the Chiefs' secret weapons over the next decade or so is that it's not going to always work out, right? But they're going to be able to acquire players, oftentimes for relative bargains, who are just going to look a whole lot better because of the environment they're playing in in Kansas City. I expect that to be the case with Donovan Smith for a deal worth up to $9 million. Hey, coming up next, after a disappointing season, will the Patriots offense get back on track under a new offensive coordinator? Find out why the crew thinks Mac Jones and company could be in for a bounce back season. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Here's our next UFC fight night Saturday from the Apex in Las Vegas with our flyweight main event. The prelims start at 6 Eastern on ESPN+, Plus, followed by the main card at 9 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. The Patriots looking to get back on track into the playoffs with Mac Jones needing more help after struggling in his second season. He posted a total QBR that was 28th in the NFL. The team started by hiring Bill, Bill O'Brien as their offensive coordinator. He was previously on the staff for five years, from 2007 to 2011. They also got Mac Jones two more pass catchers in the free agency, signing Mike Kosicki, plus Juju Smith-Schuster. The quarterback talked about what Juju will bring to the offense in Foxborough. I think uh, Juju's done a great job. Also from a leadership standpoint, uh, just coming in, that's someone who adds veteran leadership from different places. Um, he just came off of a Super Bowl team, so what a great value to our offense. What's the process been like so far with Bill O'Brien coming in getting to know each other? Yeah, it's been really good. It's been normal. Um, I think everything he's done so far has been really good. I think the communication is the most important part. When we talk about lingo, it's like there's things we both say and it makes sense, um, so that's important. But at the end of the day, football's football, and we're kind of building our own thing here and um, utilizing the guys that we have. Bill, what do you think the biggest key to get this Patriots offense back on track will be this year? I think it's creating simple, easy completions for Mac Jones in the yeah. passing game. And that leads me to RPO, something Mac Jones did at an incredibly high level in his star season at Alabama. That year, these numbers are like Madden, like 
difficulty levels, too low numbers. 71 <laughs> of 76 no. for 868 yards. Yes. 71. When your completion percentage starts with a That's nine, insane. you're doing something good at quarterback. So you figure Patriots are wow. going to incorporate that into their offense. Hasn't really happened. Year one, 32 RPOs. Year two, only 21 RPOs for Max Jones, even though they play more games than the pros, of course, than they play in college. So Bill O'Brien didn't cross paths with Mac Jones in Alabama, but they do have a shared language. They come from the same school. Uh, Bill O'Brien yeah. did call plenty of RPOs in Alabama during his time there as OC for the past couple of years. So you figure that's going to be the sort of the transition point where it does make sense for Bill O'Brien to call RPOs for Mac Jones and just build Mac Jones's confidence after a very, very messy 2022 season. Bill, I wasn't on camera while you were talking there, but if I was, you would have seen me nodding so vigorously, my <laughs> head almost snapped off. Yes, RPOs, more RPOs, all of the RPOs. For the reasons you outlined, Mac Jones is good at them. I think they make the most of his skill set in terms of his accuracy and his decision-making as a quarterback. But it also fits well with the personnel that the Patriots have on their roster. Look, much to the consternation of this fan base, they do not have, in my opinion, a true number one wide receiver. Mm -hmm. What they do have is a number of skilled players who are perfectly tailored for RPOs. They went out and they signed Mike Isicki, tight end, who's basically a big body wide receiver who can catch them over the middle of the field. Juju Smith-Schuster, who also works over the middle of the field, gets open quickly and gets you yards after the catch. And I think even Tyquan Thornton, who's the speedster they drafted last year, can be useful on screens and downfield. Vertical RPOs. I, I think of Miami, what they did with Tua, should be a part of this offense. It makes the most of these players' abilities. And as you said, it makes life easier for Mac Jones because last year there just simply weren't enough easy answers in the offense for him. And I think that's one way to very quickly give him answers against different coverages. It sure seemed like uh, Mac Jones was a much more relaxed version of himself when that yes. sound that we saw earlier, Jeremy. Yeah. And let you do a squash this now. No quarterback competition right <laughs> when now. When I check on it, I'm okay. told no. Now, Bill okay. Belichick, the most unpredictable coach in the league, does he yeah. want to do something crazy? Maybe. But Mac Jones showed up in good shape, throwing the ball well. It seems to be no issue here. Yeah, it certainly seems like this is Mac Jones' team. And frankly, if they're going to be at their best and competitive in this division, it needs to be no Mac Jones' team. Hey, still to come, Jeremy, sat Jeremy Schaap sat down with Tom Brady, who after becoming the greatest quarterback of all time on the field, now tries his hand as an executive. Hmm. To be uh, involved in an organization is a dream come true. I never envisioned that growing up. This is something that I look forward to being involved with for the rest of my life. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. 
Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After retiring for the second time, this will be the first season since 1999 without Tom Brady in the NFL. How different was the league back then? The Texans didn't exist. Andy Reid, you see him over here, was in his first season as a head coach, and none of the top three quarterbacks in this year's draft were even born. And to make us all feel just a little bit older, the number one song in 1999 was Believe by Cher. Brady recently retired, caught up with our Jeremy Schaap yesterday. So, Tom, it's been a few months now since you announced your retirement. Why was this the right time to walk away for good? I was very fortunate to play 23 uh, incredible NFL seasons. So I think there's always a time to move on to other things and other opportunities. And uh, I think for all the NFL players out there that are preparing for the season, uh, I know how much of a grind it is. I know the level of commitment it is, and it's really a year round process. So. Uh, if I was going to play football this year, I'd be working entirely different than the way I'm now. Right now, I'm catching up on some other priorities, which are much needed. And uh, I'm really looking forward to not getting hit anymore and transitioning to other areas of interest. So uh, I got some fun things on the horizon. What are some of those priorities? Certainly my family. Uh, you know, I think being a being a dad is uh, probably the greatest responsibility I have and and, uh, you know, my kids are getting older. I have a 15-year-old who is into his, all his own stuff. I loved being a part of kind of his spring sports, his winter sports. I was able actually to make it up last year to some of his football games in the fall. And then I have two little ones. And then I have some other business things, obviously, working on my uh, my Fox broadcasting opportunity, which I'm really looking forward to next year. And then I know we're in the process of trying to um, invest in a minority share in the uh, in the Raiders. So, so I'm still a part of football. It's just going to be in a little bit of a different way, but still looking to make contributions in those areas to those teams just in a different way than I did as a quarterback, but still uh, very excited about both of them. As we get closer to the season, how do you think it's going to feel? Uh, relieved. I won't have Aaron Donald trying to chase me down <laughs> and knock me out. Uh, I won't have these guys that are would have gotten paid a lot of money to hit me and knock me on the ground. Um, I do have a record for being sacked more than any other quarterback in NFL history, which maybe somebody will break that record someday, but I got a lot of bumps and bruises to show for 23 great seasons. But um, 
you know, I certainly won't miss that, but that's okay. I had an amazing experience. And again, it's time, the, the game's in great hands. It's time, you know, for other guys to do it. And, and I, you know, I saw Peyton retire. I saw all these guys that I looked up to, Brett Favre retire. Um, and, you know, now I'm just a, a, a retired NFL player and looking forward to watching these young guys uh, continue to be great, you know, uh, representatives of their teams, their communities, and of their families as they move forward in their career. Tom, September 10th, Let Stadium. Patriots will be honoring you in their home opener in their opening game of the season. Three months out, how are you preparing emotionally for that ceremony? Yeah, it was such a kind gesture by by uh, by RKK, um, who I've been in touch with, you know, since Robert the season Pat. ended. And, you know, we've always had a great relationship from the moment that I stepped foot in Foxborough. Um, you know, I've I've cherished that opportunity and I've always felt like I've been a member of that organization. And I know my football journey took me to Tampa for three years, which I absolutely loved. And then uh, when that ended, I had the opportunity to to really reconnect with RKK on a personal level. And he thought this was something that uh, the fans would really enjoy. And obviously, that's I want to go back there and see the fans. I want to see my teammates. I went back there one time. It was in opposing uniform, uh, which was, you know, a different type of, of welcoming, although people were very polite and I had a great experience. But I'll be able to go back there in a different frame of mind and a less competitive frame of mind. And uh, and I'm always pulling for the Patriots. It's been a great organization. I've I've got so many friends there still. My kids were born in Boston. I have so many incredible memories of my time there. And uh, it's a great gesture by by the organization. Obviously, Bill Belichick's going to be there. He was your coach for 20 years. How would you describe your relationship with him now? Well, I was very fortunate to play with him and be a member of those teams and with him and his leadership and his ability to coach and put our team in a great position to succeed. I think we had a great relationship. Um, he very much trusted what I was doing out there on the field. And obviously it went both ways. I knew that he did everything he could to prepare our team for what we needed to do to go out there and be successful. And I think uh, ultimately our success was, um, because so many people in the organization, as Coach Belichick always said, did do your job. That's what everybody did, you know. And I tried to do my job, which was quarterback and leader, and um, all the things that come with being a quarterback. His job was to be a leader and head coach and make really critical decisions. And I think we always had a great amount of respect for each other. And I think as time goes by, we'll have more respect for one another because there'll be more perspective on those things. And I learned so much from him. I'm taking a lot of things that he taught me in terms of his leadership into the different opportunities that I have in front of me. And I still have a lot of, hopefully a lot of life ahead where I'll be able to make a difference. Um, you know, not only in, on the team that I have in Fox, but hopefully the team that I'm involved in with the Raiders, along with some of the other cool business professional things I have going. You mentioned your kids. You mentioned your older son, Jack. He's 15. He's a quarterback. What are your hopes for him in this game? And what are your concerns about being in this game? You know, I hope he finds the things uh, in his life that allow him to get up every day to be internally motivated to work hard. It's something that he loves to do. I don't think football, I look in a lot of it, I wouldn't choose for him to do that because there's too many ex crazy expectations that people would put on him. Uh, most of them probably very unfair, actually. So whatever path he chooses in life for my son, Benny, or my daughter, Vivi, whatever they choose, I'm there to support him just like my dad, my dad supported me. I was very lucky to find something I found that I love to do. And I grew up in the Bay Area and I looked up to those great 49er teams of the 80s and 90s. And they 
uh, were a big part of the reason why I ended up falling in love with the sport. And I, I had a parents there that were to support my football journey by bringing me to camps and bringing me to, uh, you know, throw at the football field late at night and early in the morning and bring me to workouts and support my dream. And I think that's what we as parents should do. We support, support our children's dreams, whatever they may be. It doesn't need to be sports. It could be whatever. It could be performing arts. It could be music. It could be, uh, you know, science. It could be law. It could be medicine. So, you know, I think that's part of being a parent is supporting your kids' dreams. And, and uh, you know, now that I've got more time on my hands, I'm very much looking forward to doing that as well. And Tom, now, as you mentioned, you're poised to become an owner, part owner anyway, of that team that spent so long on the other side of the Bay, the Las Vegas Raiders, and also yeah. the aces of the WNBA in partnership with Mark Davis. What kind of role do you see for yourself as a limited partner, a part owner of those teams? Well, just that for the time being, um, you know, again, I have a big responsibility of Fox. I'm looking forward to do looking forward to, but I also want to be involved in the NFL for the next 45 years of my life. If I last that long, I've been, I've made it 45 years. I've really enjoyed uh, the opportunity that I've had and to be uh, involved in an organization is a dream come true. I never envisioned that growing up, uh, like I said, in San Mateo is this kid in Portola drive that would, you know, be playing football with my buddies all day and to be involved in the NFL for hopefully as long as I possibly can as a dream come true. So this is something that I look forward to being involved with for the rest of my life. One of the things you're doing now, you're working with Hertz, as you have been for the last couple of years. You've been focusing on its electric vehicle fleet, and you're appearing with us yeah. courtesy of Hertz. What are the key goals of the Hertz EV initiative? You know, it's a great company. It's a great American company. I think they're an industry leader in what they're doing. They've transformed their whole fleet of cars into more environmentally conscious vehicles. Um, they've made a huge investment in Tesla cars and Polestars. And, and I think they're making this experience of renting and, you know, getting from your plane to your rental car to your location is a real kind of hospitality experience. So I've loved working with them. Hopefully the consumers out there have enjoyed some of the comedic, fun, short form video that we produced. And I think there's more of those things to come. All right, great stuff there between Jeremy and Tom Brady. But uh, speaking of the other Jeremy, Jeremy Fowler, can we put to bed the idea that Tom Brady might return at some point this season? Yes. Sounds yes. like that was a guy who was content with his I mean, decision, right? That was as decisive as you can get. He's making the tour telling everybody who will listen that he is retiring. So but I'm taking off the you table. Know I'm putting a bow happen, on TB12. Right? Okay, you know what's going to happen, though, right? Jimmy Garoppolo might have a game where he struggles in September, and all of a sudden everybody's yeah. going to be saying, he's well right aware. there, right? He's sitting right there. He could possibly just come down from the corporate offices and get on the field again. <laughs> Tom Brady is done playing yes. football. Hey, speaking of GOAT quarterbacks, it's time for one more thing. And Peyton Manning joined Stephen A. Smith last night and shared his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. As an aside, while I got you here, I'd be remiss in neglecting to ask a football question. How you feel about Aaron Rodgers as a New York Jet? I like Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Why? Because? He's excited. I like the fact that he knows the system. Hackett's the coordinator. Aaron's going to be able to speak the language. He's going to be able to know the system better than anybody in that huddle. He's going to be able to play fast. He's not going to be thinking out there. And I saw him uh, recently at the Kentucky Derby. I can tell he feels rejuvenated. I like the Jets this year. All right, so Rodgers is going to try to join a list of the most touchdown passes by a quarterback in his first season with a new team in NFL history. Bill, do you think he will surpass Matthew Stafford, who had 41 with the Rams in 2021? So, and it's not because of Aaron Rodgers, but because of the receivers around him. Remember, it, it took Devontae Adams 
five years to get a thousand yard season with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams is incredible. Garrett Wilson gonna be the focal point of that offense. Just think it's gonna take time for them to develop that rhythm, that chemistry, that improvisation, especially inside the red zone. What do you think, Jeremy? I'm gonna go just short of that. Okay. Matthew Stafford, he had Cooper Cup. At he the did. time, Cooper Cup pretty much became the premier receiver in the league alongside Devontae Adams. I like the Jets receiving core. I just got to see a little bit more. This is a team that's still coming of age a little bit. Maybe needs a few more veterans around him. And Rodgers was not great last year. So I'm not assuming that he's just going to put up lightning numbers. I think he's going to be very good, though. Much improvement. You know, I'd have to go back and check how that Rams schedule looked at the beginning of the time that they had Matthew Stafford. But you think back to it. Think for the, the Jets schedule out of the gates. Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs. No easy defensive foes in the first right. month of the season. As we say goodbye to you on NFL Live today, a special happy birthday shout-out to Nick, our technical director, a big part of what we do here on the show on a daily basis.